I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, this is The Big Douglas Show. That's me. He's rapper Big Pooh in the center. And at the end, Chris Baker. How are you, fellas, on a miserable Monday? Mad as hell. Chris, what? I'm ready to slap a motherfucker like Jonathan Allen. Let, I would let's get right to it. What what does what do you have to say to somebody to get to take a swing on you on the sideline? Or was that just Deron Payne put his fore, his finger on a grown man's forehead and didn't realize he was gonna get swung on on national TV? Well, yeah, he put his hand in his face. I mean, anytime you put your hand in someone's face, you better be expecting that man to turn around and punch the hell out you. So And he was not expecting that. He's that guy at the club that gets all in your face, expects you not to do nothing, and then when you get stolen, you're like I didn't think you were actually going to hit me. Oh, I don't know why he would think that, man. I don't know why he would think that. I mean, at the, at that point, I think he knew whatever was said between them two. Once he put his hand in his face, it was like, hey, enough with the words. Let's do what we got to do. But he lucky that head dodged it at the last second because that was a full full right hook coming right at him. <laughs> <laughs> he He was not wearing a helmet either. I mean, he right. he he had to know. Like, I mean, y'all been teammates since college. Like, you 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 got to know Jonathan Allen was a little too calm sitting down. Like, he was he was a little too calm. Like, you got to leave them people alone. There's <laughs> one thing to put your hand in his face, but he put it there and left it there. Like, he, yeah, he he okay, he so. turned he turned his head a little bit with that put with that finger right. push. <laughs> <laughs> it it's incredible all the resources they've spent on that D line. Chris, have we gotten to the point where you just can't build a football team that way? I don't think uh more first round draft picks. Is it are we living in an era of football where it's just too easy to go short game, screen game, and then take out the four best players on your defense right away? I mean, that's easy to say, but you still have to execute that. Any every team wants four good defensive linemen. That's that's a defensive dream to have a really good defensive line. Uh, it's just a matter of us playing together. And last night, you just saw too many times, like I said before, people were just out of their rush lanes, just rushing just to rush with no actual plan. And next thing you know, you'll see our whole interior three bunched up in the middle, and Dak got all day to step up and throw seven on seven. I, I wonder what happened, like, because when we was winning, when we won them four games, it, it, it just so happens, and I'm not blaming him, but it just so happens that Montez Sweat was out, and then the defensive line looked like they were playing together all of a sudden with the two with the multiple multiple backup ends, and then Deron and, and Allen in the middle, and Iadonis, and then all of a sudden Montez Sweat comes back, and it's all the shit again. <laughs> like, is that is that more Del Rio, or is that like the like what what's it just it feels like he was calling a better game. Well, I don't know. You know, you, you, you always want um, that kind of talent, but sometimes with that kind of talent, you got to take – you have to understand that that guy may not do it the way you have it drawn up, but somehow or some way he's going to make a play. But even if you're going to freestyle and be out of your gap, it comes down to communication. There are a bunch of times when Ryan uh, probably had contained in the defense – but he let me know, yo, I could beat this guy on the inside. So if it's a pass stretch, I may take the inside move. 
you got my back. And that, that's how you exchange lanes. I know Ryan's coming inside. I'm going to push the pocket until I see him cross my face, and I'm going to take his place and get out for a contain. And too many times you just saw Sweat just like, hey, I'm going to make this play, but he probably didn't communicate that to his three technique. So his three technique made an inside move instead of staying on the outside and being able to help contain. And Dak just had all day to just do whatever he wanted. You know, Pooh and I were talking about this before we, we got started here. Well, they, they'll have to re-figure out the way they do things next year, right? I mean, they'll have to up the rosters. Last night, they were playing without their top three, you know, linebackers because of COVID. They were down a corner. You know, Collins isn't in. Now, some of that's not COVID, it's just injuries. But they'll they'll have to up the roster limits for next year, right? I mean, COVID's not going anywhere. I, I mean, that would be a great idea. But, you know, these teams are cheap, so they're trying to keep it at 53. I mean, And, and that's all it is, too. Yeah. I mean, every team has to deal with it. So, man, they were so decimated. It's I, like you're down your top three linebackers. You're down two corners because people forget Juice. Juice been gone for a while. Uh, he started on the outside. Yeah. Um, you know, you're down uh, Collins. Curl off the COVID list. It was a mess out there. Our that, middle linebacker didn't come. Yeah, neither one of them. They they were down. Yeah, uh, the the rookie and Holcomb. Yep. And you know, and Jim and, and uh, Davis or Bostic, rather, was hurt before the season yeah, started. He's been he's been hurt, so they they was just I don't know what they had out there. It was just, it was players. It was third preseason game, but they put the the rookies and younger guys in uh, at the beginning of the game. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. So you know, Washington football team Twitter is blowing up today. Obviously, I mean, it, it's quarterback or bust for next year. They can't go in there with this quarterbacking group, right? I mean. Does quarterback fix the problem? It doesn't fix the problem. I was looking at a tweet earlier from Lonzo Alonzo, and he was yeah. just, when you, you know, start with real estate, you know, you and you do a renovation, you don't just break a couple things down. You, you, you start brand new from the foundation up, and we just have to figure out how to just do a whole remodel, re-gut with the whole organization and just figure out how to become a likable and a winning team. Well, they, they, I, I don't, I, it's one of them things they, they tried to, he fuddled. yeah, they, 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 they got rid of all the people in the front office. No, but, some stuff for them, you know. I mean, and, yeah, and I, except, except for the, except for that guy. At the end of the day, it always, you know, it always starts at the top. You know, if, if the man at the top is under a lot of controversy for this, that, and the third. There's no way we can really be a functioning organization if the person that's running our organization is, you don't know what the hell's going on because they got so many investigations that no one's really releasing the reports for or giving you the honest truth. So you don't know really what to think. But you know, when he shows up at the stadium, most of the fans boom, you know? So it's. Yeah. That's, we had Kevin Sheen on the other day and he said, I, I love this. Just, he's, how could he even be having fun owning the team? Uh, you know be. what I mean? They're not winning. They're not, you know, I mean, he's making money, I guess. That's that's about the only fun he could be having. Yeah, I mean, you know, any anybody who's like the head of an organization, when you have employees, when you have fans who support, you know, when you step into that arena, you want to walk like you're the big man in charge and people be happy to see you or happy to greet you and cheer you on like, hey, you're doing such a good job. But uh, for whatever reason, well, 
there's many reasons, too many to discuss, but when Dan Schneider shows up, people just have a dislike for him. Man, Farm, go ahead, Pooh. I, I was just I was sitting here before we came on and I was just thinking about all of the coaches that he's burned through. And you have Marty Schottenheimer, Mike Shanahan, Joe Gibbs, yep. like North Turner, Steve Spurrier. Like he's burnt through coaches, and these aren't just you know a bunch of Jim Zorns here, right? Bro. These are big time coaches, Hall of Fame coaches. He's burnt through. I always felt that uh, we shouldn't have got rid of Mike Shanahan. You know, he was such a great coach. Uh, the culture around the team was really starting to take a turn. I mean, it was unfortunate whatever happened. Between, I, I mean, I guess we'll find out in RG3's new book. Right, right. really happened. But um, it was unfortunate that, you know, those two sides couldn't really get together because Shanahan ran a tight ship. You know what I'm saying? Everybody had uh, a respect for Shanahan and you carried yourself a certain way. You had a certain attitude when he was ready to play in the games, and he was always prepared. And then when he left, and then we got Jay Gruden, Jay Gruden was just like, I'm going to go with the flow. Like, with, with Shanahan, I would never, ever think to just slap him on the ass when he's walking by in the hallway. You know what I'm saying? For Gruden, uh -huh. for Gruden you may say a joke and nut tap him, and he'll be cool with it. Like, I'll get your ass later. You know what I'm saying? But it, it was it was mad, like, cool you know you like that that fear factor wasn't so fearful you know like you knew not to come to a meeting late with shanahan you know you just knew it because you was going to be in a doghouse forever if if gruden if you came to a, a meeting late with gruden you may get a fine but you know you're still gonna play and i really really gonna happen to you you know what i mean but it was a different level of expectations between i mean when you got shanahan who was a you know super bowl winning coach you know he knew yeah. he was Everybody respected that, you know, and shit. And, and Coach Gruden was the first time head coach, more so a, a, a glorified offensive coordinator. Um, and, you know, things just didn't work out the way we wanted to. Uh, yeah, because the offense worked. Uh, and Schottenheimer before him. I mean, Schottenheimer can coach. They were that heading was, in the right that direction. Was a tragedy. He, they were heading in the right Schottenheimer direction. Schottenheimer one season, eight and eight season at that. And that was a power struggle. I mean, so so it was the Shanahan thing. I, I got I got a theory on Shanahan why he had to go. Like, yes, you had the RG three thing happening, but I think Shanahan had a plan to eventually, you know, hand that thing down to his son as he, but he couldn't sure. get enough power because Bruce Allen was there, and you know, Bruce was Bruce. So, well, yeah, he ran everything except for whatever Bruce Allen was doing. But as far as football decisions, Shanahan was the head man in charge for all of that. Yeah. So he, yeah, he, I believe he made all the roster decisions, and he, and he was the head coach. I mean, Bruce Allen was probably there for show and front office business stuff, raising money and stuff. But when it came to football, football, when Shanahan was here, from my perspective, I thought he handled all of that type of stuff. Everything was Shanahan. Okay, that's why Bruce had to get him up out of there. Well, that's right. Bruce won that power struggle for sure. <laughs> that's why he had to go. Chris Hog, former Joe, asked on Twitter earlier. You're around the team a bunch and, and been down on the sidelines. You know, they brought Rivera to kind of change the culture. Can you feel it? I mean, does it look like things have changed or are heading in the right direction, or are we just in a holding pattern here? I don't know, man. It's so hard to put your finger on what's really wrong because one week our defense looks like, oh, this is the defense we all expected. Then 
like we've had the last two weeks, they've given up over 500 yards of offense two weeks straight. So it's like, what defense is really going to show up? And it's kind of uh, mind-boggling because, you know, he's a defensive coach. And he has another head coach with Jack Dorio, who was the head coach in this league, a defensive guy, linebacker. So if anybody understands how to run a defense, it will be a linebacker because, you know, they're the quarterback of the defense. They put everybody in the right position. Um, so for us not to be able to uh, figure out the scheme and be in the right place, even when we have backups, and it's kind of mind blowing. You know, even though we had a bunch of backups, every team in the league is playing with backups at this point. You know, I mean, there, there is no healthy team, whether it's COVID or injuries. There is no healthy team. The next man up has to come in and make plays. Like there will be no swaggy if Barry Cofield probably didn't get hurt. You know, but when right. I had opportunity when the, the person in front of me got hurt, I had to go in there and play and make a name for myself and not let the level of production drop just because I'm in and not the quote-unquote starter. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to make the excuse that, you know, we had so many players injured. We had – it's, it's the NFL. Everybody's supposed to be good. So you got to go in and you got to play and play like you're supposed to be the starter. This is your chance to play. This is what everyone wants. Oh, I don't want to play special teams all the time. I want to get out there and play defense. But here's your shot, you know, and we screwed that up yesterday. I've been trying to think of a worse loss that they've taken in recent memory. Bro, from the start, the the Eagles. I couldn't even even talk shit in my group chat because (laughs) they're all Cowboy fans and they're just letting me know how bad they're kicking our ass. And it was just like, bro, I can't even – I don't have a rebuttal for you. Like, it's 28 nothing. We ain't out the first quarter. This this felt like that Eagles game on that Monday night when Mike Vick went crazy, and before I even sat down and watched the game, we was down fourteen zero. Like this this is what that felt like yesterday. What was it? Second play in game, like just a, a punt interception. Like Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah. yeah. horrible. <laughs> like I'm all for you know Diggs being a great corner, and you know even though he gives up a bunch of yards, he has a bunch of interceptions, but. Some of these interceptions are just punts. He's just out there fair catching punts, man. It's like, bro, can you at least like like make him make a difficult interception? You gave him a, a a you you threw a fade route to the damn defense. But that that was the I even when they played him the first time, that was my fear, is because I know Heineke, you know, with his arm is, and I know he floats a lot of balls, and I said, oh my god, Dallas is going to have a field day with Heineke because he he just doesn't have the arm to really fit that thing, you know, in them tight windows. And not only know. does he not have the arm, is he didn't have time to throw. I mean, he, he definitely didn't have that. Time he stepped back, there was two or three different alignment in his face, smacking him, like popping him to the ground. You know, I don't understand these refs either. Was that not a taunting call after Gregory had had yes. that? Went over there and looked at his face. <laughs> Hoping to get another meme out of him. <laughs> and and then they had the they had the uh the center was seven yards downfield on the at the back. 20. I'm like, bro, what is this? You, like, come on, ref. You you know when a big number 62 is in the middle of the field all like this, he should not be down there on a pass play. And it wasn't nope. like it was an RPO, it was a pass play. Them ref said, Man, y'all ain't winning this game. It's For over. Running, running clock. Running clock. Let's get this thing over. 
And they took the and they took the benches with them. I hate that. Can I just say that on record? I hate that. What's the point? It's an indoor stadium. We don't need heated benches inside. Like, come on. And look, I said that the other day, and the people that make the benches responded to me on Twitter and said, "Yeah, well, they're cooled too, so we'll keep the players cool from our oh, lucky." Yeah. Them players needed that old school metal <laughs> no bench, one piece yes. bench with no back on it. That's what they needed. The way they played yesterday, well, the way they played the last two weeks. That's what they. And, and I hate to pile on the quarterback because I think at this point we just know who he is and what his limitations are. But it's becoming more and more obvious that Terry leads the league in contested throws because he doesn't throw them open ever. Yeah. That yeah. shot down the field, he puts that thing four yards down the field. It's a touchdown to Terry. Instead, it's you know not even close, and it's yeah. frustrating. It's it's. it's it was. It got to the point yesterday. I was like, "Why? Why even bring him back out in the second half?" Like, yeah, I'm like, sure. We, we, we spent the draft pick on Josh Allen. Let this motherfucker play, man. Like, let's do what he can do. We already spent a, a fifth round draft pick. On him. Right, just in the game. Like Heineke ain't getting in duck fight. And, and coach said today they're going to start Heineke again, but that Allen will play at some point. Like, I don't get that at all either. Like, we know exactly who Heineke is right now. Exactly. He's doing, he doing the same shit they're doing out there in Carolina. It ain't working. No, I mean, now, play Cam this, and play uh, the other quarterback. What, um, what's his name? Cam, Cam, and Cam. Yesterday, Cam and, Cam and Bradford and uh, Darnold, Darnold, yeah. Darnold were, were platooning yesterday. Yeah, that, that, that stuff works in college, not NFL. And also, bringing just just mentioning in college, I have never in all my years of watching football seen the quarterback get replaced at halftime. Like, you know, like like they were playing, you know, Washington. Small school, you know what I mean? Like I never in my life. Bro, I never, not- it looked like Georgia was playing like Georgia A and T, and it just took all the starters out at halftime. It was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. The backup came in and, and drove the ball down the field, smashed, smashed him. I told you, it, hey, Matt Rule was quoting Jay Z in this press conference. You know what time it is in Carolina. He's he's it's over, fam. It's over, Fans always talk about. A coach losing the locker room is that a is that a thing? And and if it is, how do you see it? Is it something you see? Do you feel it? How does that work? And do you think we're getting to that point? I don't know, man. I I, I don't think he's losing the locker room. But typically, when you're losing a locker room, you're losing games, and we're losing games, and we're not losing them in a tight, contested match. We're getting our asses kicked, you know, like. And that could make a coach lose the locker room quicker than anything when you're getting you're going out there and you're quote unquote executing his game plan and get your ass whooped. Guys start looking at the coach like, bro, like whatever you're talking about, that shit ain't working. And you know, guys get frustrated by it. And then you see the stuff that happened on the sideline with with uh Payne and um and Allen, you know, but that doesn't really have a direct effect on the coach, it's just it's frustration boiling over, and when you're not winning, there are more problems. But you know, if we were winning uh, these last couple of games, or even one had a winning season, that blow up on the sideline probably doesn't happen. But we've been get, we just got our ass beat last week, and now we come out. It's the first first quarter. We already down twenty eight nothing. People are gonna be pissed because we get paid to win. You know, you don't. Want I was to- pissed. Right. You know, it's like you watching the game. It's like. I wish I would fight the other team instead of fighting each other. Like they the ones who kicking our ass, you know what I mean? So, do you think? Know. Do you think that the team is missing, um, like 
real veteran leadership. Like no doubt about it. I yeah. say it all the time. You know, yeah. a lot of the veteran leaders are uh, sometimes the highest paid and probably one of the most athletic or, or or one of the best players that's on the team. And we don't really have an established vet who's considered the best at their position on the team. All the guys who pretty much got paid, they all came in together. You know, they're all only a year apart. So it's like Jonathan Alley can't really scream at Deron Payne because, you know, they homies. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're only a year apart. There isn't that respect factor. Like, for instance, when I was in Denver my rookie year, we knew Brian Dawkins and Champ Bailey, when they spoke, you listened. You know, but there was – and those were the type of guys who spoke and you really didn't talk back to. It wasn't no argument because – you knew those guys were were prepared. You knew these guys knew what they were talking about. So when they talk, you listen. We don't have that guy I feel on the defense where all right, when this man speaks, we're going to do exactly what he said. You know, when 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 London Fletcher was out there, he was our coach on the field. He was calling out the plays before he even called the defensive play. You know what I mean? Like he just, he was that smart. So sometimes we had a play where we're supposed to be in the B gap. And London to walk up to you and say, pirate, pirate, pirate right now, because he knew the ball was going somewhere else. So he just put you in the best position. We don't have that guy on the field who could just make adjustments like that and still be a successful defense. Would Apu, uh, you more surprised if Jack's still here next year or or gone? I'll be surprised if he's still here. Very surprised. I I, I was thinking about this today as well. Um I know I'm gonna get this wrong, but I, they said somewhere like Ron Rivera had I, I think he has more losing seasons than he has winning seasons as a yeah. coach. Over the last 10 years, she's he, had like seven seven years. losing seasons. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was something like that. But I'm I'm more I, first, I'll be surprised if Jack is here next year. But I think they got too many Carolina guys, man. Y'all not winners, man. Right. Where Urban Meyer called his coaches, y'all losers, man. <laughs> like it's and, and you know, and that's I, I think it's I think it's too many of them. Like it didn't work for y'all in Carolina. You know what I'm saying? Like, why is it going to work here? I mean, he, he went out and, and lot, got, huh? That happens a lot when head coaches switch teams, they go and get the players that they're familiar with or that. Yeah. They know, you know what it's I mean? Like, Which is why I was excited when he got Jack, right? Because he really didn't have any ties to Jack at all that I know of other than playing both being linebackers. Yeah, but then he brought in all of them uh Panther position coaches. Like those aren't yeah, Jack's people. That's true. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> like so 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 even just that confusion is like the techniques and things, you know, that y'all were teaching, now you have to teach them the way Jack wants them taught and you know, who says how's that's really going? Like I don't, you know, we don't know, but it's it's something a miss on that defense. It was too many breakdowns early in the season. Three wide open touchdowns. Wide open. Just just no one there. Like Dak was throwing up lollipops yesterday. <laughs> like, like nobody's covering nobody over here. So you 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 have too many of them miscommunications. You have, you know, obviously the defensive line thing that's been happening all season. Even when Chase and Montez were healthy, it was happening even more. So you you have all this confusion. It's just like, okay, some of this is on the player, no <clears> doubt, <throat> but this is some coaching too. Like, right. it's just definitely it. say what? Either coaching it or you allowing it. Exactly. Right. 
Exactly. Look, fire sticks in the uh, in the comments talking about Watson again. It it's funny, Pooh. Steve Weish was on the show with me, and you told us there was no chance he'd play this year because of the uh, court dates in January. I try to tell people that all year, but if he gets cleared in January, we'll be back to the discussion. He'll be the most sought after guy in the league. And I'm not sure that Miami is in on him anymore. You think he's still a three first round pick quarterback? And are you in the market? I wouldn't do three for, for Watson. Oh, hell yeah. I do. I'll do two for sure. Yeah, I'll do two, two. I mean, with him missing out a whole year, you know, that probably just killed me. I do think the price tag will have gone down a bit. I do think it was three first and a bunch yeah, I think before. I got two for him. I got two for Russell. Um, I asked that on Twitter. You'd be stunned at how many people told me that was a dumb idea to get Russell Wilson. I'm thinking to myself, listen. in what world do you live in? I'll take four more good years of Russ, even if that's all he's got. If that gets us to a Super Bowl, then please, I, I'm all for it. Thank you. He's a great game manager. You know, he's going to make the right plays, going to extend plays and get guys wide open. I could only imagine how many yards. Terry could really have with Russell, you know, scrambling around and throwing him open at the last second and going for 60 yards. That would Listen, be great. If, if, but Deshaun is great too, man. I just hope, you know, everything in court, you know. Well, yes. You know, takes care of itself. And if he uh, gets out of that unscathed, man, come on down to Washington. Come on down to D.C. We'll love another good black quarterback out there. Oh, yeah. He's from, he's from Virginia. He's a Virginia guy. It, he's not just – he's proven – Right, <laughs> he's proven. So we we know, and 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 he wasn't playing with good offensive lines or none of that right. when he was playing. Was I mean, oh no, not at all. To come here either, but hopefully we can start building a great one. We got too many missing pieces. Well, I was going to say it, it's a, it's incredible when you really stop to think about what the team had hoped to do on offense this year. You know, you think talk about Fitzpatrick. Terry McLaurin, uh, the tight end is out. Uh, the rookie receiver hasn't done much. The line, I mean, Sheriff's only played half the year. Cosby's only played half the year. You know, Gibson's been hurt most of the time. And McKissick's been out the last three weeks. So and it's we're just, on our fourth center. Yeah. Fourth. I mean, it's just people tell me all the time that we're not explosive enough. I get it. I'm sure they get it, too. This wasn't the plan, you know. And, and people we talk to nationally, I remind people this all the time before the season started. Even the national guys were, you know, were high on on the explosive nature that the offense could have been. When you don't have none of them, it's hard to do that. Very, 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 very tough. Very tough. I I, I watched. Well, I don't want to talk about the Dallas game because that was just that was pitiful. But just watching the line, like every week, the line looked like has it has gotten worse. But every week, you notice. There's people yeah. missing. Like they weren't that bad <laughs> when it's they not, started. It's not even about you know the guys missing. It's the coaching staff know what players are out there, so you should know what we can and cannot do with this type of players that you got out there. And for us to come out the game trying to throw deep on their best corner, that was more of an ego thing. Like run the goddamn ball, play action, keep the game simple. There's no need to play hero ball if we just run the ball effectively, which I think we could have done, but it's hard to stick with a run game when you're down 28 points before you can blink. But if we kept that game plan, running the ball, making the game simple, getting in third and two situations and letting Heineke, you know, have 10, 12 straight completions, that was the game plan to win. We come out, run the ball first play, then throw a 
a deep ball when the corner's already over the top just to throw it. And now we're down 10 nothing before we can even get our first 10 plays scripting all offense. And that was the four games they won. That was it, Chris. That, that was it. Run the ball, time of possession, play good defense, and hope to win, you know, a really close game. It wasn't sexy. It wasn't pretty. But at the end of the day, it won the game. I'd rather come in and do what the Patriots did and run the ball all damn game if it's effective. As long as you win the game, the object of the day is to win the game. Even if you throw three times, even if you throw three times in the game and you ran the ball sixty, you won the game. The object is to win. So whatever that formula is for us, we need to stick to it. And I feel like if you run the ball successful, all the other things start to you know pick up. Like you'll see that linebacker step it up, and now that's going to give that tight end over the middle more area to. Uh, get out there and create separation and find the empty holes in the cover three, cover two, or even in the man-to-man. -man. But it all starts with the run game. The play action now starts to affect and get those corners to jump up or that safety to start looking in the backfield. And that's when you hit them over the top. But you can't run the ball for minus two yards and then go for a, a, a deep play the next play. Like on on top of the best player that they have on Dallas in the, in the secondary. It just It's not going to work. You brought up the run game. I mean, if I suggested that Gibson isn't being used right, is that crazy? I mean, I'm not I'm not suggesting that he needs less snaps. I'm fine with the snap count. But running him as RB1 up the middle, I don't think probably is what he does best. Well, he's probably best on the edge, best used in the screen game. So you get him in space and let him work. You know, all, all running backs aren't the greatest in between the tackles. Can he get it done? Yeah. But look at the guys you got blocking for him. He probably scared of running that B guy because you know somebody gonna get ran over. So he's trying to bounce it real fast, you know. But as a running back, you gotta remain patient because you just never know when that play is gonna block. Uh, is is gonna be blocked the right way, and that goes back to like coaching. I mean, we didn't have the greatest offensive line when we had uh, Coach Shanahan here, but those guys understood the scheme. And those guys played the scheme the correct way. We had Corey Lichtensteiger at center. He's not an all-pro center or Pro Bowl center. But you know what? He played his ass off when he played effective. And that running back was able to cut back in that A-gap. He was able to pick up on that linebacker and get in the way just enough to allow that running back to get five, six, seven good yards. But the coach knew his team. He knew his players. He knew what scheme worked with the guys who he had to work with. You know, and that's what we have to do. We have to figure out what our guys are good at and stick to it. We know our running backs are good on the edge. Let's call some more edge plays. Let's call edge, 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 and then find someone where we can cut it back and, 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 and do a good counter with it. But, you know, if you're just going to run Powerball with, you know, our third string center, 14 center, these guys are going to eat them alive if you don't have other things for, for the, uh, the defense to be worried about. You know, I always felt like Washington should should – be using uh, Gibson the same way they use McKissick. And I was proven right yesterday when I, I don't know if it was a slant or skinny post. He ran something. Uh, Gibson did, caught the ball, flew up the field. Like probably the longest pass play that, well, other than the pass to uh, Diami Brown. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what, where, where has this been all season? <laughs> like, Even he that, it was crazy because it was in double coverage. Our wide receiver just made a hell of a freaking catch, but I'm like, oh, guy, here got another pick. <laughs> yeah, like they went and lined him up out in the slot and actually threw the ball to Gibson yesterday. And I'm just like, what? 
Where was this at all season? The man was a wide receiver in college. Why aren't you using him in this capacity? Right. And it's it's like 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 Swaggy said, this is one of the things where if watching this team feels like a lot of coaching ego is at play here, was like you have certain players and they and, and you're not playing them to their strength. Like, why did you go get a William Jackson? I know he didn't play yesterday, but why you go get a William Jackson and then want to run zone? He wasn't his own corner. Press me in corner. That's the same situation we have with Josh Norman. Yeah, like yeah. You, you you go bring these players in and then try to turn them into something that you didn't bring them in for. Right. And 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 it's confusion. It's confusing every every week. Like the, the Gibson thing. He's an edge guy. He played receiver in college, but you want to turn him into an up the middle bell cow. Like what? And you yep. wonder why he keeps fumbling. <laughs> like he ain't well, and he's like that. <laughs> and he said it too in an interview. He was like, you know, I caught passes mostly. And and then there weren't five, six, seven sets of hands trying to rip the ball out. Like I'm still getting used to running up the middle of the field where I've got five or six guys like trying to punch the ball out. And he's just, you know, he's not used to it. Um, so I wonder if they've got to look at, at another running back to help him out. Let's switch gears real quick here while I got you guys. Because the game and the season is over now for all intents and purposes. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. It's over. (laughs) Thank you, Chris. I love it. That's why that's why I love having y'all because he's always he's always ready to win a game. (laughs) It's it's college football playoff time. Who you guys got? Man. Um so it's Alabama versus Cincinnati, right? And Georgia and Michigan. Alabama. I'm gonna pick Alabama and Michigan. Oh, well, you're not I'm welcome gonna... back anymore. <laughs> and I'm a Penn State guy, so I hate Michigan, but I feel like they are rolling right now. And they so- are rolling, and and who knows? I'm a huge Georgia guy. You know, the, Georgia reminds me, quarterback wise, so much of what we got going on. Right, like uh, Stetson Bennett and Taylor Heineke might might as well be the Spider Man meme. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, and Kirby's been doing that for years, and it drives me crazy. But you know what? Like Georgia still may be on a funk from when Alabama did to them. So I think Michigan might just go ahead and just uh roll over their asses. You know, they played so good coming down the stretch. And Georgia played good all year too, but their defense was probably more of a reason why they played so 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 great. And that's what I think is gonna gonna get into Michigan. Um Michigan doesn't have the, the athletes that Alabama has on offense. Yeah, but but Michigan could run the ball and he can run the ball effective. And if you take that game plan that Alabama did, they ran that hurry-up offense. So that big old nose tack over there, boy, he was gassed out of He was gassed. He was gassed. <laughs> yeah. Keep that going, you know, the big man, he becomes ineffective if he's not in great condition. You know, if you play that fast-paced offense, that boy going to be huffing and puffing. If you change that personnel, you know that they match personnel. Just keep going in nickel formations and make him run in and out the game. You know, and that's going to make him tired. Swaggy, he's down to 350. Yeah, down to three. He need to get down to 330. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy? He's going to run like a four eight and a half. I mean, it's ridiculous how fast that man moves. That combine shape, I mean, it's going to, you know, it's going to be crazy. I mean, when I started at the combine, my weigh-in was, uh, before I started the training, I was like 312. When I was done, like putting on that manly weight, that real weight room every day working out, 
I was up to 323, but I was stronger and faster than I was at, you know, 312. You know what I mean? So there's no telling what may happen. Will he really get in that weight room and it's just eat right and work out? You know, hopefully he could lose some weight, but, you know, muscle may want it fat sometimes. So he may put on six pounds of muscle and be way faster at 340 than he is at 350 right now. It was funny. I had a buddy, Matt Lair, that I went to high school with that ended up at Tech and then got drafted by the Cowboys to play guard. And he showed up at like 300, you know, with a six pack and looking great and been working out and running. And and they basically told him, you know, go home, put 20 pounds of belly on because that body isn't going to hold up to a full season of pounding. I think we just assume that, you know, more muscle is better, but uh, not all the time when you're playing in the trenches, right? I mean, I don't think coaches want no fat ass people all the time. I, mean, I think we're, <laughs> we're we're away from those type of linemen, like the the big Vince Wilfers or the Gilbert Browns. Like they're not really looking for those guys anymore. Everybody's pretty much looking for the Aaron Donalds, the guys who can play three downs and can pass rush. Because the typical three four defense, where you just have a defensive lineman on the field on first and second down, is kind of becoming extinct because most of these teams pass the ball. They're an eleven personnel so that you have to match it with nickel. So if the guy can't pass rush, he's pretty much ineffective if the team's not going to run the ball on you. So is it going to be another Alabama yes. national championship? Yes. It it's will possible. be Alabama. I, you know Alabama could be beat. So they can be beat. They can. You know? they this can was a down beat. year. This was the year I figured for sure Georgia just walk in because they had everything going, and then big brother punched him in the face again. You can't, you can't uh, get past a hungry team where everyone is doubting. And when that team go out there, and maybe Alabama got their chest poked out, like, hey, we're Alabama, you guys are going to roll over. But sometimes that underdog coming in that game is like, hey, we're going to kick their ass. We're going to show the world. We're going to shock the world. You know what I mean? And they may have that shock the world mentality and go out there and punch them in the mouth early and figure out a way to win the game, whatever team it may be. Well, I fully expect when I see you gentlemen on Monday, it'll be Alabama versus Georgia. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> fella, enjoy your New Year's, and uh, and I'll see you all next week. Do the all same, right. Doug. All right, fellas. All right.